0: And welcome to Canadians with Disabilities and Their Allies. My name is Brent Frain. I'm the host. And you can check out uh, the show on your favorite app on Spotify or wherever you find it. Uh, It's also known as PWD Allies. That gives you a little hint on where to find it on Spotify or your favorite app, like I mentioned. Uh, Today I have our discussion group it's our round table uh round house round round house round table <laughs> it's the number eight show today actually mm-hmm. so yeah yeah it's uh we're really getting up there number eight up. and episode eight. 68 actually number eight and 68 yeah so yeah. eight 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 and 68 <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so today's uh gonna be a great uh, show uh, a little bit condensed down today but it's gonna be a great show. Uh, Nevertheless, because it's always great discussions. Today, we're going to be diving into uh, a little bit of numbers, um, and I'm going to basically pass the mic over to Neil to start that off. Um, we came across some numbers that, uh, well,
1: hmm. now, now you're going to make me look them up. Yeah, I'm me- going to
0: make them look them up now. Man, <laughs> so that anyone? That should- give
1: me a give me a second.
0: Yeah, anyone who's uh, just listening in today uh, on the podcast, uh, there were some numbers that were given out from the Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction in British Columbia, uh, just on caseload numbers, um, some stat numbers. uh. So Neil's going to uh, look them up. Um, When Neil's ready, um, I will actually come back to him. In the meantime, Neil, um, I'll actually pass the uh, mic over and then you can maybe just interject when you're ready. Um, mm-hmm. I'll start it out with uh, with Dan. Um, well, we're going to talk a little bit about what's what's happening on uh, street level in uh, in Toronto, Ontario. Um, like the homeless count. I mean, like, uh, are you seeing more homeless people, Dan, uh, due to the, um, the lack of construction that's going on for new uh, buildings uh, buildings that are getting built? Uh, and, and you know, basically, there's not enough housing in Canada. I mean, let alone in Ontario. Uh, or in British Columbia anywhere so are you seeing more like homeless uh more people that are losing their homes uh, due to the high rents and just the cost of living in general
2: yeah so I I actually I live in midtown Toronto which is uh about 20 minutes away from downtown uh, yeah. it's really sad to me because a lot of the the homeless community here in Toronto are actually right outside our city hall doors so they love- they, they yeah there's a bunch of uh heating crates from the subway so it's it's for them to keep warm and such. Uh, I don't see the problem as lessening or worsening. I see it stagnant here. It's the same mm-hmm. as it's always been. Uh, I was homeless with uh, starting in 97, right? So it was a different right. atmosphere back then. Um, and then Mike Harris came along and tore it all up, right? I think as we speak right now, that is one of the, the well, probably the biggest problem is affordability here. And mm-hmm. I was very happy to see it. Everybody hates me for saying it. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. But I was very happy to see uh, Mayor Olivia Chow get elected because she was all about uh, affordability and trying to mm-hmm. change things in people's homes. But the other day, I saw her go on TV and announce that there was only 27,000 people waiting for housing in Toronto. And I don't got to tell you from my work experience within the Toronto City Council, anybody that pays attention can tell you that that's just not true. Because if that were the case that would have meant that Toronto has housed 60,000 people in the past, past five years, and that just hasn't happened. We all know yep. that, right? So as it pertains to the building downtown and the causing of homelessness downtown, or because that's just where a lot of the issue is. There is homeless all across the city, um, but the building and the construction and stuff like that, it, it, I don't think it has changed it because mm-hmm. the fact is they haven't done nothing about anything here in decades.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the, you know, huge problem is housing can get built, right? I mean, any types of housing can get built, but it's making it truly affordable. Uh, you know, cities can always say, oh, well, we're building housing. We're making affordable housing. We're affordable for who, though? You know, uh, is, is it $2,000, $3,000 per month? And then, then you got all your your hydro, you got all your added expenses on top of that. So, you know, there's not a, just, a disconnect, yeah. Not,
3: not just that, but... Uh you have people who are subletting someone's uh, condo. And if that owner says, ooh, I'm losing value on this. Sorry, Mm -hmm. guys, I'm jacking your rent by a thousand bucks. And they're already at the 2,500 mark. Like take my mom. I mean, she's a retired professor and she's not hurting by any means, but Mm -hmm. she's in her 80s and her partner's in his late 70s. And yes, they live in a nice condo. It's uh, by the damn window this is on uh, Sherburne, where the old red house was, uh, close to the no-frills downtown on Blur, for uh, yeah. the Blur station. And uh, there's condos going up like crazy. And her her rent increase will go to thirty-five hundred dollars oh for God. a two-bedroom. Uh, and it, when I say two bedroom, it's more like one plus, a den. The bed, oh. the second room is uh very small, okay. it's like by 10. Uh, um, no. it, it may be smaller than that. Real one of those like
0: it. super closet spaces, basically
3: almost. Yeah, and um, her bedroom is a nice size, but I mean, let's just call it a one plus. Yeah, uh, real in reality, like um, I've seen one bedrooms that are have have a bigger space, square footage, and some two bedrooms. I think a lot of these condos disguise themselves as two bedrooms when they're really the one plus ten uh, mm-hmm. reality. But uh, I digress. The, the thing is that she's now facing uh, the condo where the old red house was. It was abandoned for years on Sherburne. Is now being turned into a condo. I think it's already been turned down, teared down, or or is in the process of it. But there's a shoppers uh, almost across from, next to it, and there's a big empty space with this towers going up, and then there's two more towers going up in front of her between her and the lake. So she's going to mm-hmm. be painting. She's going to be in that situation with so many condos that are down by the gardener uh, that literally look onto the gardener on both sides of it, um, going into the downtown core, um, she's going to be in the same spot where she's paying $3,500 to look into a class to another condo. Um, Whereas now, now she's on the 16th floor facing the lake, and she has a decent, you can see the lake and a bit of into the Scarborough Bluffs a bit because of the height she's at. But... I think she's on the 25th floor, sorry. She's on the 25th floor, She's so she's got some height. But she's going to lose that within the next year or so because the way they bang these condos up, and so many of them are sitting empty, and you get, you get the fact that um, a lot of these units are empty and people are losing their minds because no one's buying these condos because... Mm-hmm. To secure a mortgage, even with the interest rates, a lot of people are failing the stress test, even though they earn 80,000, 9,000 a year. So, yeah, you know, uh, I was
0: just going to say on
3: that one because the other. The, and and it, Alan Gardens is, is uh, last time I was in Toronto in May or June uh, when I was coming through to come up to Kingston um, from Niagara. And Allen Gardens still has a lot of tents up. It's not as many as it did in early winter when I went up there um, the first time in early May. But uh, it certainly does have as many tents as it did during the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. There's so many uh, requirements now as the down payments, a uh, stress test too. And that's what they do in British Columbia too, a uh, stress test just to see, uh, are you as a person going to be able to Maintain those payments if interest rates go higher. So you have to have a buffer. Yeah. So it's just getting
3: outrageous. I, there's no, there's no fixed mortgages now. It's all variable. So someone's yeah. mortgage can bounce around like a rubber ball. Oh yeah. Uh,
0: you know.
1: I've, so. I've got, I've got the numbers here, Brent. The reason, it took oh. me a while because I, 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 uh, I had to <laughs> dig around a little bit. But the also, magic. I, I, well, i waffling on. So <laughs> I wanted to. Uh, make it big so I could I can read it. Okay. So I've got re- it full screen here for myself. Um,
0: okay, so for the uh, listeners uh, and people tuning in today, Neil's got the numbers, and so is that? All? It's all up to you, Neil. Neil.
1: So it's like I'm the numbers guy today.
0: You're the numbers guy today. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So this email, we should say it's from an advisor to Sheila Malcolmson. She's the current uh, minister for for social development here in BC. And so the and the advisor's name is Hashem Kamran. And so he's the one that sent the email and he sent it for uh for yourself and for for Jeff Leggett. You you both asked for these numbers. Yes. So he gave a breakdown of um what some of the numbers are for the the caseload, the overall caseload uh here in BC. So, so the first number I'll throw out at you is for is for a single person here in BC. Mm-hmm. The total maximum amount of support that you can get here in BC for a single person is thirteen hundred is uh is one thousand three hundred and fifty eight dollars and fifty cents. That's the maximum uh for a single person here in bc and uh then the the next number he gave he gives here is the the total caseload for singles uh here in bc is 106,372 and and then he says the singles uh with uh total allowance less than the maximum okay this is where we start getting into the clawbacks okay so so I want everybody's I want everybody's ears to perk up here because now we're gonna, now we're talking about clawbacks where where people are getting less than the maximum allowable because of because of the pink unicorn clawbacks right so yeah. here here we have singles with the total allowance less than the maximum and that's that total is fifteen thousand four hundred thirty three that means that there's in, in my the way, I look at as you get, you have 15,000 people over 50, 15,000 people that are, that are a victim that are a victim of the, uh of the pink unicorn clawback next number here. And this, this includes me because in that next number here, we're going to talk about couples, families with children, total mm. caseload. So, so uh, I'm one, I'm one of these. And that's uh Twenty-seven thousand three hundred ninety-one, and and here's the number that I hate, and I'm 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 also part of this one. So again, you have the total total number is twenty-seven thousand three hundred ninety-one, but here is the total number. Uh, it says uh, couples and families with children, with a total allowance less than the maximum. And ready? Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. So it's it's four thousand two hundred and fifteen. So four thousand people. Uh, Wow. 4200 people are getting again victimized with the clawback with a pink unicorn oh. uh and and uh, again again I'm I'm one of those um that is getting victimized and so oh, what's, not problem, and, no. so what's that that, that 4200 uh people that's i think that works out to 15%, right? So oh. basically the and we've talked about this before, Brent. Or at least, I, I mean, I've talked about it in emails and, and the whole bit is is that the the top fifteen percent of the most vulnerable. So you're you're talking single parents, or you're talking um, you're talking people that are uh, widows or widowers, like r- really high needs. We're we're talking high needs now, and I, I mean, I, I include myself again in that in that in that, uh, in that group, right? And and so you're talking that the top 15 percent of the most vulnerable and and yet they're the most victimized because you got forty two hundred people that are being victimized with the clawback. And yet these are the people that are the most in in need and the most vulnerable. And you're going to say, I'm sorry, you deserve a pink unicorn clawback. And and I I think those numbers uh, you know again shed shed a light right where you have the total number of caseloads for for the for children and families is twenty seven thousand, and the number getting the, the clawback is forty two hundred and fifteen people. Um yeah and and that to me is uh you know just not right it's inexcusable that like like we, said, like we said yesterday that pink unicorns are a thing they shouldn't be a thing they're not real and uh, anybody that hasn't watched the the the, the quick and dirty uh, um podcast that we did yesterday, Brent we, they should go back and, and watch that because I'm, I'm quite happy with that and I, I do want to get a lot of feedback uh, yep. from that because I think it's I think it's uh is um I'd be interested to to hear what the feedback uh, from that is.
0: Uh, basically on the uh, on the stats, on those numbers, Neil, uh, that 1358.50, so that's a, a single person on disability uh, assistance, uh, which there used to be a pension at one time in, back in the early 1990s, just so people would understand that that's, uh, you know, when well, we talk about pink unicorns, magically it disappeared from a pension just to uh, being able to be clawed back, right? So, um, but that 138, 1358.50, that's not including the $125 uh, that the provincial government gave to some. That's, that. and true. That's true. That's true. Some, some PWD only if you can claim, the pro- actually prove that your rent actually went up. So if your rent did not go up above $375, the shelter rate <laughs> that was frozen for 15 years. Uh, not even a penny, then you do not get that $125. So anyone in, um, in supportive housing or, uh, that, or anyone who's not paying market rent in, um, you know, in the standard um, private sector to a corporate landlord, they don't get that 125 Um, I mean, it, it, but I mean, they will only if the rent actually went up. So I don't know anyone in basic market housing that the rent has not gone up uh, in market housing, above 375, it, mm-hmm. that would be good if it uh, didn't, because people could then put that money back into the economy, right? But the people yeah. in supportive housing, unfortunately, did not get that 125. Their cost of living went up substantially. Their disability, um, um, you know, necessities that they need uh, for their disability, uh, ongoing expenses—they don't go—they uh, don't go down. And as we all know, cost of living has gone skyrocket through the roof. And, but the government says no. You don't need more money. No, you do, you don't need it. I think they failed on that one part, miserably failed, um, because it's like dividing disabled against disabled. Or you can have it. You don't need to have it. Uh, mm-hmm. But hey, um, but there's more to do. Don't worry. Wait till next year, and we'll we'll fix it up, right? Uh, no, they should have just done it all once. Give everybody um, that increase. And better, I mean, better yet, I won't waste a lot of time because I want to get feedback on what Neil mentioned from everybody else on the uh, on their uh, discussion group today. Um, but I think they they missed the opportunity of getting that money up to everybody. I would say raise it up a, a, liv- a livable income, obviously, <laughs> and we're gonna dive into that after. But uh, that's my my take on it. Uh, uh, but yeah, those numbers are just uh, outrageous, Neil. Uh, yes, it's,
1: it's pink unicorn math. That's, that's yeah, my, yeah. my take on it. Anyway, so we'll, uh, MJ yeah, had we'll, his hand up earlier. Yeah, we'll go so. to
0: MJ on this one. And I'm just going
4: to... Okay. Uh, One thing I really want to mention here, so I actually went and read the law that operates welfare and disability. If you've actually ever taken a look at the law in BC, you'll find it's the most vaguest ambiguous law that has ever been written for welfare and disability that i've ever seen there is zero specifics of how the system is to be run and how the program is to be run how it's to be organized how the money is to be distributed and so on and so forth it's all done within regulation within the ministry Mm. which means the minister can change things on a moment's notice of Mm. his own accord without having to go back to the legislature to get permission. mean You you mean, MJ, you
0: you mean they don't have to wait till to get a uh, a state-of-the-art new computer system in two years from now? You mean they don't have to wait till then?
4: (laughs) I mean, look, I mean, they already have the system. It's the senior system. I mean, like I just said on a previous program, you could use the exactly same system and just add a couple fields. You know, well, no, it's just a database entry. You say, okay, yeah. you're on, you're a senior citizen, you're on disability, uh, right? And it's just a field. That's all you do is you add a field in the database and there you go. And we could both be in the database and they'd flip over and go, oh, we well, pull up your name. Oh, you're on the disability program. Mm-hmm. Very same administration could run both sides without any BS. Lotus one, Lotus 1, 2, 3. I used
0: to use that. And it's yeah. so easy to make fields
1: i mean i mean and the reason i don't the reason i don't believe it either is because i mean you know they already have all of the i mean everybody that gets uh the uh what is it the t five i even forget what it is now t5007 t5007 everybody that gets one of those they have a record of of every one of us so so to say that uh Oh, I'm sorry. the The bus pass uh, um, thing has been destroyed. Well, mm-hmm. you mean you you can't go back to all of the T five zero zero sevens and just you know recreate the the uh, you know just do almost like a copy paste idea from the um, from the existing seniors bus pass. You you can't yeah. do that. I don't I don't buy that. I don't buy that it's impossible to recreate a, another one based on just going back to the T five zero zero seven. Anybody and their dog should be able to do it. So I, I don't buy. Well, I don't buy for a moment you can't do
0: it. Well, I see. I, I asked it... the people at, um, at Best Buy, um, Best Buy Mobile, um, and the tech people um, years ago on that one. They're like, "Oh my god, is that what they're telling you that the that the computer system was destroyed?" I go, "Yeah." Oh my God! Could they not come up with a better, uh, better uh, fiction no. story
4: than that? Like, yeah.
3: Of oh, so I told computer me, computers are smoking. So, so you know what happened
4: is, is when they closed the program, they auctioned the computer off with the program still on it. They didn't even. They probably didn't even bother taking a backup. <laughs> they got rid of the computer with the program, not yeah. thinking, oh well, we might need this. You know, like any inte- intellectual that has ever worked in the Computer administrator, network administrator field, will tell you, you always have backup and backup and backup. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And since they're using the exact same program with the seniors' program, you could take that program and database, quite yeah. literally, quite That's literally, crazy. empty the database of the data over here. That's my the
1: point. I'm just so copy paste. Yeah. yeah.
4: That's
2: yeah. Yeah. And
4: then you take the database and the program and put it over here onto the new computer system, yeah. and there you go, bada bing. Bada boom. But you know what? It's all hokey BS. I'm, you know, I've programmed basic PHP. I understand how to connect databases. I understand all of this. All of their story is nonsense. This could have been recreated and solved within a month.
0: Mm-hmm. right? Remember, remember those disk drives that uh, used to, the blank disks that you could actually uh, copy, copy back and forth. Yeah. 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 Same and, thing.
1: and nowadays how long would it take for them to do a copy paste of of oh. the seniors database and, and 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 migrate it over to a new it would take maybe a minute or maybe uh, well, maybe maybe 2 yeah, minutes. It, it, well, all
4: you do is you just clone it. Right? Yeah, just clone no it yeah, because if, well like for example if you know I'm going to go a little technical if you got your own system over here that you and you have an exact duplicate over here you just clone everything over and then you just go in and you just empty all the fields of the database yeah Mm -hmm. and then you just go and set up a new administrator and then wipe out all the old administrators and start back over again Mm -hmm. it's not rocket science it's all a lot of nonsense i mean when they tell us this stuff no
1: i i used to i used to build databases for a living for i i did it for about you know, seven years, I worked for the provincial government and the bulk of my job was building databases. So I am very well versed in how to build a database. Mm-hmm. And I I can tell you, like, like, like you said, MJ, it's not rocket science. It's, you know, it, it doesn't take that much. It, I mean, it takes a little bit of organization if you're starting from scratch, but that's, well, that's about it, right? It does. It's not hard. <laughs>
4: Well, no, it, Exactly and this is why it, it's like when they when I sit here and I listen to uh, people talk about oh UBI is going to be so complex it's going to be this and that and I'm like really all we got to do is just go into the CRA portal add a new tab and just say do you want to receive this money yes or no there mm-hmm. you go why do we need to go and baby. have it you know, over in Service Canada which is another waste of millions and billions of dollars by the way mm-hmm. I mean it's like the Work BC programs. I'm I'm sorry. How many of those programs have you ever seen amount to a hill of beans, other than wasting your time so they can justify their job? Yeah, yeah. they're
3: yeah. they're, they're just, about, the time. I find I find a lot of those. Are also, you know, they say, "Oh well, if you have a disability, you can go to March Times or whoever, whatever uh, employment yeah, you go agency." Here go here, go there, go right. But what I found is, as soon as you, you go in there and you've got your a game on and they're like oh this is wonderful look at the f-, like take my case i've taken my portfolio with me whatever and you get in there and then they're like oh this is wonderful we can do some interesting things and as soon as you sign on the dotted line you're a ghost to them because they've already mm-hmm. they've already added you as you're another number to their funding um, mm-hmm. now, I would say March of Dimes is probably the exception to the rule because they, they do other things, but any run-the-mill uh employment service, um, they well, like, they're like, go on in, go on indeed and, and and apply to jobs and anything we can help you with. I'm like, well, then, like, what do, why do, I need, why do I need you again? I'm well. Like, none of exactly. the jobs I've ever found have ever been through an employment agency. They've never there's never been a job match. I think they're a whole funded shell. Almost well, like a They, shell they are.
4: They are actually, believe it or not, I mean, um, I mean, I'm currently dealing with it over my driver's license issue that I talked to you guys about a while back. Right. I mean, and we're gonna see where it goes. It's probably gonna go nowhere. I mean, I've not ho- I don't put out hope for much of anything anymore. I mean, I just, you know, I, I honestly, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I expect nothing, you know, because that way, if something happens, I'm surprised. <laughs> exactly, uh, it's,
2: it's just
1: gravy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? yeah. You know, yeah. That hilarious. way, I'm
4: not disappointed, you know. Yeah. That way, I don't have disappointment, you know. And when it comes to a lot of these programs, it's like I'm, I'm of this opinion. Uh, it's like if you give people the money, and you tell them, figure it out. A lot of people will figure out, they're like, you know what? I'm actually interested in being a plumber. I'm interested in you know in being you know, I, I paint casually, what could I do with this? Right? Because here's the thing is you go to a museum, you go and find you connect with people. Once you start connecting with people, you teach them. Network. And, and the problem is is yes, there's a lot of programs to teach you how to network and all the rest of the stuff that you could do from home on your computer. You know, Mm -hmm. to teach you about how to, you know, there's online universities that are free, right, out there right now. And they're getting to the point of where there's going to be degree programs that'll be for free because they're just, you know, or like the poem, you know, like getting your serving it right or getting your, uh, uh, getting your uh, food safe or WHMIS or weird things like these, like, you could do that online. Why do I need to go to a class anymore? All of these things are moving online so it's like get solve the problem and just give people enough money that they can go and get themselves going. Well you and know get all these people out of the way.
1: you know our our friend Tom Poxon, right um, one of the things that he says that I I love all the time he, he talks about bullshit jobs that yes. that so many people nowadays are just doing bullshit jobs just because yes. just yeah. because right? And, um, you know, and I do agree that there aren't very many good um, job finding agencies out there anymore. But I know you and I have both talked about this, uh, Brent, is Mm -hmm. there was one. uh, And this is going back, you know, 20, 30 years, VRS, vocational rehab service. uh, They were amazing, like really, really, really good. They, they, they help pay for my, uh, they help pay for my college and university. And, you know, like you and I have shared before, uh, you know, we got, we got a food allowance, we got an entertainment allowance, we got the book appreciate- allowance, um, you know, and the whole bit. And, you know, it was uh, like amazing. And then, and then after I was, after I was done with that, then I got, uh, hooked up with, uh, another organization called I am cares. It was called. And again, I, another amazing, amazing, and I think both of these organizations are now defunct they no longer exist, which is a shame, because because they were they were top level, like I'm talking top level, top flight. I mean uh, they they, I mean you know just like yesterday where we're talking about uh, Expo '86, where you walked in those doors and they treated everybody with disabilities like they were royalty mm-hmm. VR, VRS and and. Uh, and the IM care is the same thing. You walked in the in the door, and they bent over backwards. As mm-hmm. as long as they knew, like you had to make, they vetted you so hard. Like oh yeah, like, they vetted they vetted you really really hard because because they wanted to know that you were you were hundred percent committed. If if they knew that you were hundred percent committed, they would show yeah. you the they would show you the door right 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 then. Yeah. but open the door. but if they knew that you were committed. They would give you literally the shirt off their backs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. and th- both of them were amazing, amazing. I, I, I don't, I can't say a one bad word about them. And yeah, it's, they,
0: too, it's yeah. too bad that oh, no, they, those they, don't exist anymore. They, uh, anymore. Uh, they put me through college too, and when when I went through and I, I learned about programming, computer programming, and all these databases like uh, MJ, like you were talking about, and uh, I mean they were they were amazing. Uh, but yes, yeah, you're right, Neil. I mean. You had to basically. I had to prove that that is something that that was going to be uh, like a major tool for me. And yeah. uh, part of part of the course I took was also in communications. So and I I really got to know who myself, I my inner self. Of, it's okay, Brent. It's okay to speak up. It's okay to speak out. And so I I learned a lot about that throughout the whole program. And it was amazing. They put me it's not through just once but twice, two programs the other one was communications. The other one was programming, but yeah, like it was totally um, just totally amazing. Like it really is an eye opener of, yeah. uh, I mean, I got transportation, food, they have food allowance. I mean, you name it. I was like, wow, all of this money, but you yeah. know what? Like I utilized it. And if I didn't utilize it, I would put it through like a, uh, I had a jar and I literally would throw the literally throw the money in the jar yeah. because then I'd say, okay, I'm going to go, um, we had a, a class function and everyone was going and buying lunches because we had a big you know get together and i thought well I, geez i don't have this extra money now i did I'm like, wait a minute yeah it's in that jar because um my transportation one day i got a ride down um to the school because my next door neighbor was going i said well i said i have transportation funds said, well i'm going down so it saved me that money so i used that money so we would we went to some outings oh. and and it was great
1: you know you know sorry sorry mj yeah, i just so- wanted to add, add one little thing is uh is one little thing I wanted to add, and that's that um, you knew that they respected you so much. Like oh. again, if you passed their vetting uh, procedure, which was really stringent, by the way, it was very oh. Oh. Uh, like you had to pass their their vetting. But if you did, yeah. they trusted you so much, mm-hmm. and and I the point I want to make is. Because they trusted me so much, I wanted, and they respected me so much. I wanted to, to, to like, pay it back to them, like that. I I respected them and I trusted them so much, right? Um, And I think that's that's a lesson that, that I think a lot of provincial governments in here in BC and all across the country they need to learn that that you know what if you respect people. Mm-hmm. if, if, if you respect people and you say, you know what, I'm going to trust you, I'm going to yeah. respect you. And I'm going to trust you with the money because I think you're a valuable person. Yeah. I think you're a valuable person. So I'm going to trust you and, and value value you as a person. I'm going to trust you with this, you know? And, and I mean, th- that is so empowering. I mean, when they, when they gave me that power, that sense of power and said, I'm going to trust you. You know we are behind you. That is so empowering, and do, I mean, I, in- I took I took off and ran with that, and that's a lesson that I've kept. I mean, I I I that is a lesson that I learned from them. Like you <laughs> always talk about lessons you learn from your parents, but yeah. that is one lesson that I learned from VRS and and I am Cares. Yeah. that I've I've kept in my brain from from that day, like thirty yeah. years ago, whatever it was. Right, um,
0: but it's know? still. So meaningful going forward now because uh, carrying that that forward is looking at what the government across Canada are doing in each province to persons with disabilities on how they treat their citizens within each province uh, and learning on how um, you know VRS and im carers how they vetted people to because they believed in they believed in their clients they hundred percent a thousand percent they believed in their clients so should we say it. but mm-hmm. you had to basically like you said you had to. He had to prove that why why you need, why should they help you, right? And it was a yeah. mutual understanding, it was a, a mutual agreement. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. when I look at how the governments are not investing in people with disabilities across this country, including even seniors, um, veterans, my gosh, like they're homeless. Um, speaking of, I'm going gonna, gonna to pass the mic over to uh, Dan because uh, I want Dan's take on this is that during um during our the ceremonies across con- the country uh, on uh, November the 11th, um you know veterans that are homeless, no fault of their own. I mean they've injured because they fought for what we have now. Uh, people with disabilities, homeless. Why? And uh, yeah, and I, I you know I'm still baffled that it, it doesn't have to be that way. But veterans, I mean also. I mean, claw back
1: that, pensions for veterans. Yeah, they yeah. claw
0: back their pensions, and they fought for what we have. Thank, now. thank
1: you for your service. We're going to claw back your pension. Thank uh, you very
0: much. And I, and I look at it as lest we forget. Yeah, and that includes every single citizen in this country. So mm. uh, I'm going to pass it over to Dan. I know those are kind of harsh words how I'm wording it, but I want the government to realize we are citizens. We are all taxpayers regardless on if they're not working, they're working, PWD working or not working, we're all taxpayers, we're all citizens. Um, Dan, your take on this? Well,
2: I, I absolutely agree with every single thing you guys have said, right? Like, for example, governments will, will tell through media and whoever else to you know, tell the general public that they spend millions on PWD and seniors and such but what you guys touched on earlier was, right, the majority of it goes to salaries. Like when MJ says smaller governments, and, and I particularly agree with him on this uh, when it comes to, like, workers. So, for example, ODSP workers or OW workers, it's just the fact that there's some people in our community that need some extra help and a little extra guidance and such. And that's mm-hmm. great. We have workers for that. But there are other people where it goes back to what you guys have been saying all along right give people the money and they'll know sure. what to do with it right like my feelings on clawbacks especially with people that are disabled or seniors yeah pardon my french but what the fuck yeah. <laughs> Where, you, how do you get blood from a stone right and as yeah. as neil put forth earlier that's a really uh point blank statement like t5007s they know yep. what we all make they know what we all need but this disgust, like, I didn't go to our uh, Remembrance Day service this time just because of the climate on our streets right now, uh, you know, with all those protests and such. Yes. Um, but, man, to have somebody serve our country and then end up in a shelter and have no way of getting out, no way of getting help like that, to me, that that's just a dagger right there, too, right? So going hmm. forward. I hope that people act like Miss Malcolmson did and and other people will in the future too, is listen to these programs, come on these programs and explain yourself to people Mm -hmm. tell people, how are you going to help them? Because as you've seen what Alan just mentioned earlier too, I know exactly where his mother lives. Right. But I haven't been in that particular area in a couple of years. So obviously something's going on there that I didn't know about. Right. And it's like, Holy shit. How can you just, Kick people out in the streets like that that have been contributing members to your society and community forever.
4: Mm-hmm. See, yeah. and this is where it's a
3: pandemic out there. <laughs>
4: See, it's and a this condemic. is where... oh, go, go ahead, MJ. This is where, you know, I, I'm one of these people that I've you know, when you start looking at numbers, I mean, I think quite literally, we need to. Get rid of Airbnb and the likes of those. I'm sorry. That's one step. The second step is getting rid of corporations from owning uh, condos and mobile homes and uh, single family homes. Unless they're specifically rented out for the purpose of, you know, a CEO is living in this condo and this is part of his contract and you can prove it, then fine and freaking dandy, right? But he should be able to afford his own house. (laughs) Right. If he's if he's making that much money, he should be able to afford his own place. So I don't think corporations should need to own anything like that. You know, I mean, so to me, when I look at that, I look at the whole thing of, you know, foreigners is another big problem where foreigners have encapsulated the market by offloading, you know, trying to hide their money outside of China and other countries in Canada. And I'm sorry, but I don't think that we should be supporting that type of thing. That the expense of Canadians, and the moment something becomes at an expense of Canadians, I have to question its value.
0: There right. is some uh, corporate greed out there right now, and there and there's no accountability to some of these corporations that uh, you know, these corporate landlords. I mean, it's just commodity, right? And and it's uh, uh, financialization, right? Huge financialization. Uh, in many cases they don't pay the corporate the taxes nope no nope. they skirt around that uh and uh that's got to stop um and you know yeah
4: uh, Brent see, the problem people don't understand when it comes to income tax as an employee we're taxed on our gross income yep. Corporations and businesses are taxed on their net income right right and that difference is the biggest difference for corporations
3: Huge that are dollars.
4: multi-billion dollar businesses. They can deduct, deduct everything under the sun and then at the end they don't pay any taxes. oh because for example they have Corporation A who or Corporation B who operates in Canada but Corporation A owns the patents to all the goods they make that license the patents to them and they have to pay this absorbent uh, licensing fee to a mm-hmm. corporation who's, who's in a third party country who has next to no for uh cost for income tax. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: So what happens is this money goes through a system and once it's paid for paid taxes in one country, it's, you know, there you go. So, but company B over in Canada uses that licensing fee as a deduction. So they don't have to pay taxes on that. like a satellite, almost like a satellite uh, company.
3: Uh, yeah, like a, lot of, like a like oh, a of laundering to me.
4: It, it is. It's a way of laundering. Yeah. It's legalized money laundering, and it, quite literally it is. Uh, when you when you look at the numbers and look at how the system is designed, it's legalized money laundering. So I propose everybody, you know, if corporations are persons and persons are are equal under the law, the mm-hmm. corporations should be taxed the same way as persons are,
2: mm.
4: which means on gross income, right? Mm. That's being yeah. equal.
2: And you know what? I thank you for that because I actually never even fucking knew that. I, mm. did, I did not, I knew they had tax breaks more than us and all that, but I did not know that they were taxed by the different, the, wow. <laughs> yeah. It is. It's, um,
0: yes, uh, there's
4: your tax course for the day. <laughs> th-
0: there was, uh, there was a, um, a lady I had on, uh, she's over a year ago now, Dan. Um, yeah. And uh, she, uh, she was actually a rapporteur for housing. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to try and get her on again well, one, one day, uh, maybe onto the uh, round table if I can get Neil to try to you know get to, get a hold of her. But uh, I know she's extremely busy. She goes around the world. She's a rapporteur for housing. She exposes out the, uh, the bad landlords. Uh, and I mean, there are some good landlords, too. I know I'm not going to say that there's not good landlords, but she exposes out all the corporate landlords' uh, financialization. Uh, She was actually the lead person in a documentary that was actually put out by uh, um, uh, Frederick Gurton, and uh, she was actually Lalani Farha and she so she was the lead person in it and she went around just to find out what is going on like who are these who are these invisible landlords Uh, and the rents would go up skyrocket and and she showed a graph and Nobody believed it, and so she went after, um, after you know, the governments around the world and like accountability. She's made a lot of headway, a lot of headway, and exposed out the uh, the problems. The you know, this problem is that they, uh, a lot of these corporate landlords will come into cities, small cities, and then they grow up to bigger cities, and then they buy up all the small, little, tiny uh, companies, right? And they'll ma and pa operation here, or they're struggling. Well, then they they are like vultures. They, they'll look at that, they'll buy them up. And then, but then uh, they make satellite companies. They make little satellite companies, and like you said, MJ, they could be in another corp, another
4: country altogether. Well, yeah, and then you poof. mean a lot. A lot of people don't understand how the system. You know, I've been doing a lot of reading on my own to, to learn how this system works. Not just the government at itself, but the overall like international system on top of it all. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of learning, and when it comes to understanding all of this, I mean, there are things that we can solve within a nation. Mm. We can solve the housing crisis. We can solve the homelessness issue. We can solve the welfare and disability and unemployment issue. We can solve things, you know, let's stop going and giving colleges and universities carte blanche to add stupid courses to courses that have nothing to do with the course at hand that you're teaching. Right. If you want to go in for, uh, you know, economics, you don't need to learn other courses unrelated and that's where grifting our you know our you know with student loans is part of the problem right and to me if we're going to be putting our tax dollars into education then we should have the say of what we're going to what courses the government is going to cover and if the course has nothing to do with this educational process of becoming an engineer or becoming a programmer or whatever i mean if it's some course that has no value to the job at hand, then it shouldn't be included, right? And the problem also, we have... Sorry. Just, let me finish for a second. The problem we have is with student loans, because it's our tax dollars, we just allow this carte blanche to go on. And mm-hmm. to me, and this is where what I was talking about in the last episode with UBI, is if it's our tax dollars and we're giving it to people, then we should be able to say, this needs to amount to something. Right? You need to be able to go and show that the university degree is going to be for something that's going to benefit society. I mm-hmm. mean, when it comes to our money, I mean, it seems the amount of waste, people don't realize how big the waste is in our country that we could solve these problems with. And that's the real catch of this. The waste mm-hmm. is staggering, it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars. If we put all the benefit programs together in Canada, we're probably talking about $500 billion a year across all the provinces and the feds. Just a few dollars there. <laughs> that exactly. And they say, Oh, we can't afford UBI. <laughs> well, well, just, just the idea though,
1: too, that, that the government always says, well, we we can't afford to, to give PWD more money, but it's like, and i've made this point before but it, they have this idea that they're just flushing the money somehow they they don't they don't see it as you know you know what if we give if we give people more money they're going to reinvest it in the economy so so for some reason they think that the money is just going to evaporate it doesn't evaporate it no. gets put back into the economy you know and it's an economy driver yeah, and and like the point I've made before, and the the, pain, the point you've made before. I mean, of of all the population in Canada, we are probably the most uh, devoted to have our money stay in in the province that we are we're in because we're we're so tied down by rules and regulations saying thou shalt not leave the province. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have all these governments saying, well. We, we have to encourage uh spend spending and 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 a, and a, a economy stimulus within our province well i mean that's what we you and you and i do brands oh yeah, yeah but but god forbid god forbid the province gives us more money so we can reinvest in the province yeah you know yeah what?
0: or if you want or if you want to leave the province for you know more than 30 days i mean can i have a month
3: hey, the odsp uh is so punitive that if you, if I left Ontario to go to Winnipeg for three days, I actually will get docked. That even for three, three days? days.
2: Wow. Oh, even even oh.
3: five, yeah. It's so. I mean, why do you just put an electronic bracelet on my ankle and make me not allowed really to leave the yeah. city I live in? It's it's getting to the, it's the 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 punitive, uh, punitive. repercussions are so stupid. Even my worker who I didn't like at the first, I thought she was kind of a bit of a Karen and I'm kind of on the fence about that. But she even said, you know, the punitive uh, regulations that we have to put on people with disabilities is so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just, she goes, I, I cringe because I have to tell a client that I can't, access more funds for them or i can't get them an extra pair of glasses or i can't authorize them new hearing aids every two years uh, or whatever or or to be out of the or or to get away the fact that they they um they can't earn more in gifts see the problem on that
0: is the um See, the workers, their hands are tied because the system has been designed exactly the way that the governments want it to work. So the, the, the ones the work in there are just administrators, right? There's a lot of them that really care a lot, and but they,
4: but they can't change anything because
0: the system won't allow them to do it.
4: Right. Uh, well, yeah. and, and in the BC system for welfare and disability, the last time I checked the law, the regulations, it's all done by regulations and rules. It's not done by law. It's basically gives the minister to go and set this up on his own accord, carte blanche, without the need to come back to the legislature, which means he can change it on a moment's notice, right? And, you know, and that's part of the problem that we have, you know, I mean, so when you you sit here and say that they're designed exactly as they want them, that is exactly correct. They don't want to make it easy because if the truth was out there of how many useless jobs we actually have in society right now, people would be absolutely shocked to find that three quarters of the jobs that currently exist in society are generally, generally useless, right? Mm-hmm. I mean or created. Or created, more. yes. And this is where a lot of government administrative jobs have been created and most of these jobs, I mean, if these people had same jobs or similar jobs in the private sector, they'd probably be earning more money in the private sector. And, and this is the part that gets me is in the private sector, there would be more chance for advancement and growth. But they're just stuck. Plus, you know, if they didn't like the job, it'd be a lot easier to quit, you know, and find something else.
3: And the funny, oh my God, the funny. Okay, so back in 2002, I did a web design course and unfortunately the school closed because it wasn't as legit as it actually looked on paper. But back in 2002, I was funded for a $14,000 web design program. I'm not sure it was written, the paper it was written on because it was learn at your own pace and you had to buy your books and stuff. And you basically sat in the lab and and, and uh, went through the book and the instructor was there once a week. Yeah, once a week. Oh. Um, and you got a one-hour course every two weeks and you were expected. But uh, March of Dimes did the, a lot of the um, negotiating through ODSP on that. But on the ODSP side, the funding has just vanished. It's just like they think they're doing something special by offering you a $120 computer course to learn computers like you've never touched one. like I'm sorry, but get with it. We're all walking around with, for the most part, smartphones that have more horsepower than most of the computers are going to train us on. Like, mm-hmm. give me a brick and break. It's so redundant. Like, oh, you can take a course on how to operate Word. Most people already know how GBT it works within <laughs> these were yeah. programs. So the the training is just so arbitrary, backdated. It's like that hundred and fifty dollar course you're going to put me through through a week is not going of be. It's a waste, of time. Be, it's a waste people... of time. It's not not going to be worth a hill beans to the a, 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 an employee looking at your resume is going to not jump off a table and go, oh my god, you took a huh, a computer course this week. Please come and meet the staff. Let's get you lined up. No, yeah, it's yeah. not like you know,
4: i like it was 50 years ago. It's redundant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. See, um, and this is where this is where I've taught, but was talking about about all these programs that have been created and funded that are completely just useless, irrelevant. They don't, they don't do anything <laughs> other than create jobs for people to go and justify their jobs. Tomorrow, I have an appointment at 10 to go into. Uh, work bc and we're going to see how much nonsense and waste of time that's going to be i'll report back next week and let you know how much time you know whether the entire thing was a complete waste of my day Thank and you. you know i mean you know and i'm going to tell them you know i am seriously talking about the idea of creating this political party and you do understand that your federal funding is being investigated right now because I will be dropping federal funding for programs that are generally useless, right, and mm-hmm. redirecting it all for UBI, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Because I'm one of these people that I realize that there's over fifty percent of the federal government we could get rid of with automation, right? With changing five laws, which would be the divorce act, the marriage and divorce act, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, merging, you know, the unemployment laws. Uh, CPP, and all the rest of these other benefits programs uh, and the Income Tax Act, GST, et cetera, et cetera, well, maybe Mm -hmm. 10, merging a lot of these things together, uh, simplifying the tax code so you're paying, get the first 10, 15 grand of your income tax-free, and then the rest is taxed at 15%, you know, people are going to go and say, you know, okay, we're on board. Because if you say all income is taxed equally, it doesn't matter where it comes from, Right except for a few exemptions. If it's already been taxed, then there's no point to tax it again. Right. The system likes to do that right now. Yeah, double
0: tax and triple tax.
4: No, they like to quadruple tax the crap out of you, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, I'm saying, like, if you win the lottery and you won $70 million, 15% of that, you know, isn't bad to pay into your uh, federal income tax. I mean, you'd be doing your your part. I mean, but they don't pay income tax, right? Hmm. And a lot of people that win large lotteries end up being broke very quickly. Right. And yep. I'm like, yes, but we should go and at least take something up front. <laughs> yeah, You know,
3: yeah. right.
4: Yeah. I mean, we, there should be some form of tax for that. That way it's like, look, I'm sorry, but you win if you go win a bingo, there should be a tax for that. If you win 10 grand or whatever, because you could win 10 grand at bingo and there should be, it should be considered as income. doesn't matter. It's all should be equal. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the only exceptions in my opinion should be an inheritance tax or, like will and estates and like an insurance payout from like a major car accident, you know, where it's like that money is through no fault of your own.
2: Yeah.
4: Right. As it were, like you didn't make it from your own money or your own investment. So mm-hmm. if it's already been taxed, then there you go. Right. I mean, simplifying the programs and the system would save us millions in, in all these clubbacks. stuff. Exactly. And with this program that I offer with this idea, UABI is there be no clawbacks. It's $4,000. Take it or leave it and get your life going. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you can't get your life going, you're physically disabled, you know, I mean, there should be some form of insurance because in BC, a lot of people don't know that the disabled people in BC are covered under blue cross. However, they Mm -hmm. make us go through an entire division of disability to ask permission for advanced medical services, which would mm. otherwise be automatically covered under Blue Cross. This is something people don't realize. I have to. I use a CPAP machine, and to go and get uh, the equipment for my CPAP machine, like the, a new mask, a new hose, uh, you know, and filters, I have to go and fill out paperwork with the company I choose to go and get the government to approve it but otherwise would have been covered by blue cross if I presented my blue cross number yeah it's
1: all it's problem. all gated right right yeah, it's so all gated. this is
4: so to me if you could afford to go and get blue cross you know for yourself or your family or whatever i mean they would cover for the most part, all these things that we have to fight with welfare disability to cover,
0: mm-hmm.
4: right? All the hoop- for the I most I keep jumping through it in order to get it, right? Well, exactly. You need hearing aids covered. You need uh new glasses covered, right? You know, we automatically cover eighty percent or whatever, whatever it is. Even if it's sixty percent, I mean, geez, I mean, if that's covered with your insurance, you know, or. Going or even going to the dental, get getting implants or dentures or whatever it would be that you would need, or your monthly prescription, Mm. right? Right, Mm. your monthly prescriptions. I mean, how much nonsense do people got to deal with that are senior citizens or disabled for their prescriptions, right? I mean, because sometimes half the stuff that we uh, would that we need isn't covered, but I would be covered under Blue Cross.
1: Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, you know, I have my wheelchair now, my manual chair, hmm. and, um, you know, the ministry did cover about half of it, uh, but the oh. reason they didn't cover the other half, the reason I had to pay for half of it is because they said, well, you know, it's just an optional thing, you know, because because, you know, and I have, a, I have a scooter, but guess who paid for the scooter all out of pocket? It was my, I paid 100% of it. But the ministry says, well, we know you have a scooter and we know that you paid 100% of it. But that doesn't doesn't matter. We know you have the scooter. So this wheelchair that you want from us is optional. And so, therefore, we can only cover half. Isn't that that crazy logic? It's like... trying to kill himself over there because he can't take take this. I paid for every single cent of my... Of my scooter, and it was like it was a four thousand dollar scooter. I paid for every single cent of it, and I've paid for every single cent of all kinds of uh, repairs on past scooters and my other scooters. I paid out of pocket. And the one time, the one time I asked the ministry for a for a big ticket item, they're like, "Well, I'm sorry, Neil, we can only pay for half because it's an optional thing because we know you have." Well- we know you oh, have. Oh my
0: gosh! You don't. You know, Neil, Did, oh, did you wow. ask them? Did they? Did were they willing to pay for the front part or the back part of it?
4: <laughs> I know it's just no, just the left just, tire, just the left, just left half, tire. It's oh, just yeah. crazy. And, and I mean,
1: you know, and if, and of course, I mean, there's part of me that because oh. it's a new, it's a new wheelchair. You, you kind of wish that you oh. could get like a, kind of the vanity things of the, the the cool rims and stuff like that. But of course, they 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 just put like the vanilla. Rims, yeah. it, like the bare minimum. Yeah. They give you the bare the minimum.
0: Option, yeah. you know, and, want, and, and, and again, I'm happy.
1: I'm, I'm I'm, glad that they at least gave me half. But they're like, I'm sorry. We know you have a scooter. And even though you paid for every single cent of it, we, we can only give you the half of the chair because it's an optional thing for you, Neil. And I'm like going, excuse me, it's not optional. I broke my hip.
0: Yeah, so, it's not a-
1: I can't get in. A, I can't get in a car anymore. I can't take my. I can't take my scooter in a car. So that's why I want the wheelchair. And they're like, well, it's optional. Go, going, getting into a car, Neil, is optional. Going to church every Sunday, Neil, is an optional thing. Going, going for dinners to your family, family members, is an optional thing. Neil, it's it's not. You know that that's that's a response. Like it's an optional thing.
2: But you See, know, here's a public, paid, you know, here's a public to, like, service announcement for the BC government. You know, us mobile people here we have we have uh, transit, we have vehicles, we have bicycles, we have skateboards. We, for anybody to say to somebody that's in need of a mobile device that it's an option, man, I just got like, come on, don't watch mom, but like, come on, <laughs> man, what are you smoking, people? Yeah, right. Like you just so, said, yeah. you're not asking for. A, a jet plane or anything you're asking to be mobile to participate in your community and these people think it's a fucking joke man and it's not
1: and it's and it's literally the one time i asked like i i've been paying <laughs> oh, ev- everything in a pocket for the like the last well, like 10 years well you know the one well, time i asked for
4: example it's like for example when i went and asked if i could get uh like for example for my cpap machine the one the government paid for is a regular CPAP machine. It's not an APAP, which I purchased on my own. I purchased an APAP because mm-hmm. it an APAP is adaptive. So sometimes you'll have a light sleep and it'll adjust the, thing, the, the air pressure to the lower pressure, or sometimes you need more pressure, so it'll automatically adjust. Mm-hmm. And for people with BiPAPs and all the rest of that stuff, usually that's automatically covered. But because they say, oh, it's not severe enough, you know, they, they won't cover it. But I could you're, have gotten. The you're same not thing almost covered. dead.
1: You're not almost dead. So Wait, exactly, cover but the it. same yeah. thing would <laughs> have been covered
4: <laughs> by by Blue Cross, which my is the insurer for for the BC government for people on disability. It would have been covered without a problem. Now, when I sit here and I see this incessant waste of our tax dollars, right? The incessant waste of our tax dollars, trying to justify. I see for the gateke- anyone? <laughs> the gate- anyone? anyone, the, the, the gatekeepers.
2: <laughs>
4: I just want to make sure I wasn't talking to myself being muted. No. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like the, you know, to be these gatekeepers where they could say, okay, um, you're on disability and we're going to cover the cost of blue cross. Here's your card, right? Hmm. Here's your card. There you go. Right. Now I would respect the government if they said we're going to play for pay for blue cross, uh, or manual life or whoever it is we decide to go with, here's your card. Right? Mm-hmm. right? And you know, and if there's anything else not covered outside of that, then we'll pick up the tab. Right? Hmm. Then we'll pick up the tab. Right? That I would have respected our government for if they said, okay, they'll pay uh, you know, like for example, the wheelchair, you need a full scooter, four grand let's say it was an 80% deal so 1630 3200 of that four grand would be paid by the government for it to be paid by, through blue cross and then the government would pick up the rest of the tab on because it's not covered because you're disabled mm-hmm. now if that would make sense but when you have these gatekeepers screw around like this and try to justify their existence for their job when You've read the legislation. You understand that their job could cease to exist tomorrow, and because we don't need them, it, mm-hmm. it just blows my mind how we can justify this. I mean, there's, there's a lot of gatekeepers around. I
1: just, we, uh, we've reached the top of the hour already. Uh, okay, uh, so, I, I just, I, I,
4: you I, know, I'm trying to calm down here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's it, it's uh you
0: know it's hard because of the government uh you know stupidity right. Um, uh it, it, the words uh just you know just bombarding in my mind of um archaic right archaic you know just policies that they just make up like like uh you know pink unicorns these are just policies they just keep on popping out oh yeah I keep changing just, their right eyes throw
1: shit against the wall see what yeah. sticks.
0: You yeah. know, and things that make sense. I mean, I remember that time when uh, remember Space Savers. Remember that ordeal? You know? uh, yeah. I mean, my gosh, fighting going through. Oh no, you need to talk to Blue Cross. The government says. I go, no, I don't. I phone Blue Cross up, and why are you phoning us? Are you a doctor? No. Are are you a uh, are you a practitioner? No. I go, what offers you? Oh, I'm just a citizen. What? Yeah, you shouldn't be phoning us. <laughs> I'm having to do the government's job for them. I had to crack the whole damn thing. Because your mm. your stuff wasn't covered. It's always been covered. Well, somebody screwed up. But anyway, That's long story short. But I mean, all that red tape, all the rigmarole, running around, having to go back and forth on a ferry back and oh, well, that was a headache. Government,
1: government don't make mistakes, do they?
0: So, so I say, to the government, <laughs> well, can you can you reimburse me? No, nope, that was actually optional decision that you decided to do on your own. Is it optional? Oh, I see. I said, what am I supposed to do? Go and swim. You know, I remember a time where um, I had to go to a dentist and the dentist gave a um, a medical plan, a medical plan, okay, in, in B.C. And uh, and I'm not here to throw uh, the NDP or the Liberals under the bus, okay, but I want to make a good damn point here, okay? Repercussions going forward, decades, or a simple solution from a doctor stating this is a treatment plan to prevent pain and suffering and ongoing uh, problematic issues going forward in life, we need to prevent these things now because the, don- don- the base of the dentist said to me at one time, this is kind of my ending statement. And then I'll do a like, you know, our, our closing statements. But the, the issue is, is that when a doctor, actually she says, Hey, like I'm, I'm here to actually help the patient. I'm actually here to better the patient's health and well being." um so writes a letter out saying i need you to go and take this to the health minister of each the the government and the opposition critic mm-hmm. okay. and your local and and a clears carbon copy take it to your local mla and the opposition's one right so mm-hmm. i okay so i had to you know figure out who is who and each government so i sit down and then i'm getting a lecture i'm getting a lecture by government who is not even in government and then uh, the government that was in government saying, you need to budget, budget better rent, you need to follow. Can you actually give me a list of where all your payments are going? What, where, how much you paying for rent? I, I'm sorry, and, and you're doing what for me? Like, why do I need to prove this? <laughs> oh, well, we've got to make sure that, that the government was to fund this. I go, look, this has nothing to do with funding. This is going from uh, a doctor who's saying this is what I need and uh, no, sorry, both both governments said no. So, and if you were, to, even if we were in government, we would say no. And the other government said no. So I'm going okay. So I go back to the dentist. Oh, um, yeah, I had a feeling that that would happen. Um, it's very unfortunate that they uh, said no. They're declining extra extended coverage in order to um, to you know save uh, save some teeth that were very important. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know. So going fast forward. I look at it and I say, wow, like, what are, what are we doing here? If you don't invest in money into, um, into the PWD, what do you got here? you got big problems going forward, right? Um, is that how we take care of our citizens? I mean, it's not asking for a Royals Royce or my own personal jet um, or my own train set or, hey, I want to I provide a train service across freaking Canada, I mean, and make it cheap enough where people can travel. No, Oh, no, no. I'm just asking for people to actually listen to and, lived experience.
1: And my ending comment, I'm just going to piggyback yeah. on yours, yeah. is in contrast to the way government's acting right now, imagine if they took the tack that you have VRS back in the day right. or, or, you know, the I am cares where they said, you know what, we're going to respect you. Mm-hmm. we're going to value you we're we're going to trust you and ima- like imagine if they if the governments empowered people with disabilities that way imagine how different that would be mm-hmm. rather than saying you know what i don't think you deserve that wheelchair because you know, I I know I know we didn't pay for all of the for any of your uh, you know mobility scooter, but we know you have it. So uh, you know, being able to get out of the house and in, a, in into a car is an optional thing, Neil. I mean, VRS and and that's just gaslighting. And and I am <laughs> cares both those organizations would never do that. So wouldn't it be nice? if the provincial governments would take a page out of those two amazing organizations and trust your citizens and value your citizens and yep. Yep. say, you know what, we're going to give you the money and and you run with it, you know, yep. and you, that,
0: you, that's, that's my ending statement. Yeah. And you do what you feel you need to do that, that helps to, uh, better your your well-being um you know it's a wheelchair or scooter it's an attachment on who you are it's your identity it's who you are it's like me uh oh hey yeah take your glasses off Brent. uh yeah you could go and go and read that sign way down the road i can't because i need glasses oh really you do oh okay that's it's like the logical thinking that the governments uh they they don't think they don't really think outside the box you know what i mean they they say, well, this is one size fits all. I, I copy mm-hmm. paste done. Uh, let's just throw it out there. Next government comes in. Let's get a whiteout and then we'll just copy photocopy and keep changing the script back and forth. That way nothing ever really gets done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so It's, uh, it's yeah.
1: rearranging the deck dektur- chairs on the Titanic.
0: Yeah, yeah. And right <laughs> now I see the Titanic. Uh, I see the ship. Like it's really sinking. It's sinking fast. Um, in order for it not to sink government across Canada, you need to listen, you need to listen very carefully and very clearly, okay, lived experience. People have asked for dirt, okay? I'm gonna quickly, I'm gonna run through this really quick. People have asked for dirt. No, oh, government says, no, we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. Why? Oh, because um, some other organizations told us not to because they felt maybe this is better for their for the whole PWD community's well being. right? I'm sorry, um, why don't you talk to uh, disabled people across Canada? They could probably tell you differently how it affects their lives on a day-to-day basis how many times do i see on social media people pleading pleading help 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 my neighbors down the road i'm not on social media they're pleading help 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 what is that telling you i got a guy sleeping on our our bus bench now just down the road from here he was crashed out last night he didn't know where he was what was going on uh he hadn't he hasn't eaten in like six days Okay. And guess what? You know, you know, the sad part is he's a veteran BC government. He's a veteran. He fought, he fought, um, alongside his father. Okay. Um, in a, in a a war. And, um, that's all he told me. And he was getting up there in age. Um, but, uh, he said his father had had passed uh, and his father was in, in a, another war in, in the world. Um, but he was, he said he remembered a lot and he learned a lot and he says, told me to pass on the message when I do the podcast, he wants the government to recognize their citizens and respect their citizens in this country and in its province, give them enough money that they can have to provide a a roof over their head. I call, I said, well, shelter, he says, stop using the word shelter. I mean, that's just what industry calls it, right? So that's kind of hard for not to really say it. I, I echo his feelings on the word shelter, but that's what we all call it. So I still call it shelter. I, I don't like calling it shelter, but what do we call it, right? I mean, uh, a but, home. Yeah, a home. A home, but, a home but, you know. Yeah, and, you know and, and he he echoed it that he says, give people enough money I mean, for, for their housing. Give people enough money where. Like you know, what you mentioned, MG. I tell him, I told him exactly what you have mentioned, and he says it's not rocket science, sir. It's not. And I said, "Well, my name is Brent." He says, "My name's Henry. Nice to meet you." I go, "Nice to meet you, Henry." And then you're you're not uh, related to uh, Henry Winkler, are you? I said, "Because man, you could be literally, you could be his his son." He goes, "I know who Henry is. He's still alive." I go, "Yeah, he's alive." But anyway, long story short, is respect your citizens, respect PWD, respect seniors veterans, low-income people, doesn't matter who we are, we're all part of the same people in Canada. We're all citizens, respect us, dignity, autonomy. We should be able to go where we want. Seniors can go where they want in the country. They don't need a day pass or a month pass. I'm gonna move over to Dan uh, for closing comments, Uh, Dan.
1: We had a whole bunch of uh, we had a whole bunch of uh, like the the chat was blowing up today. And oh. and and this this proves proves Dan that I, sometimes I just, I just not paying attention to the chat at all. Your mom's in chat and there's a whole oh. lot of activity in chat and I just have not been paying attention to it at all t- t- today. So I apologize for that. But yeah, it's it's there's a lot of activity in chat today. So I apologize for ignoring it today. <laughs> It's well, one, one of those one of those things see, that I sometimes do, so I apologize.
2: Yeah, no, and we need that in this room, right? Like that's the whole point of this roundtable. I think, from my point of view, and maybe others, that like we need people talking and we need people in on it, right? Uh, very briefly, the one thing I will say is uh, I, I agree with MJ about smaller governments per se. Um, you know, like in my experience working, uh, you know, the constituency staff, and I say it to you guys all the time, all the way back from when you started the podcast and or the Twitter spaces. The constituency staff are the people to go to, because those are the people that, act. and I'm not just saying it because that's what I was, but I saw it in action. And those are the people you need the lived experience there. Without an MJ at the table, without a Neil or a Brent or an Alan or a Dan or a mom at the table, there's no lived experience there. So in closing, this is normally where I would say, kick pee-pee's ass tonight. Instead, what I'm gonna say is ask him a question and ask him, sir, if you were disabled, would you live in a bus shelter? And get the response and see what happens. I know he's probably gonna ask you if you got an apple or something, but you know, I know <laughs> you guys, I know you're gonna take care of business there, and I look forward to these conversations, right? And and we got to get our asses in gear. Live experience at the table is what we need. Otherwise, it's just lip service from government to media to community that doesn't know any better than what they're hearing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Dan, on that. Yeah, awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's uh, exactly well said on that because it's so important that people they don't know where to go to. They say, "Well, who do I talk to?" Yeah, exactly. Go, go to your your local, um, your your local city city council. Go to your your mayor. Talk to them, and that's ground level. Work from that point up. And if you're not getting answers from your local MLA, and you feel more comfortable going to your local city, talk to your councils. Uh, I mean, whoever's there, they're going to take your your word, and they're going to. Your, your voice and they're gonna echo it forward. They're gonna pass it on to having their meetings and then their meetings are gonna talk to their higher brass people, we're sure connected to MLAs, MPPs, MPs, and it's gonna go all the way up to, well, maybe maybe up to the deputy or the, or the prime minister, I don't know, but um, we, we gotta wake, wake these people up. We gotta uh, realize that their decision-making is having a huge detrimental negative impact on people's lives in Canada. I mean, I, like I say, again, I stress the point is it doesn't matter if the person is disabled or if they're a senior, because it could be a senior with a disability and these programs, oh, they want to stop them at 64. Really? Like, I really hope that that can the disability benefit whenever it does ever comes out, which I have my doubts. I, I really, and I, I don't want to sound negative all about that because I know people are really trying to get the hopes up, right? I really damn well hope. That the government can get this fast track this fast forward like like now they don't need to freaking study this shit Pardon my language here's that swear jar they don't need to study it consultations no we need to put a durbo. no we can't do it yeah you can do it you can i know your government's probably kicking and screaming in the background damn it damn it these people they need to stop no we're not going to stop sorry advocacy does not stop it doesn't take a break okay so um what I'm saying to people watching this now or later on, if you believe in what we're saying right now, that you want the DERB, you want a Canada disability benefit, you want a basic uh, a basic livable income, whatever it may be, go to your local government, your your mayor, and let them know this is what you want. Go to your MLA, tell them, and then they're gonna go back to parliament or, uh, or in which in the, in the province that you live in, MP is gonna to go to parliament is what I meant but MLA is the ministerial uh, you know, legislative assistant. They're gonna go to their uh, their uh, legislator and they're gonna say, holy shit, this is what they're saying. Like, you know what, shit's gonna hit the fan, folks. Like, um, we mean business across Canada. Disabled people are not going to sit silent, right? We can have peaceful rallies. Yes, and they are peaceful rallies, um, you know, and I, I think that people have the right to basically have their voice is heard Uh, and the ones that people like they want to come on. I've I've had people reach out to me, Dan, uh, and they say, you know, they want to come on to the show. They want to, but they're scared. They don't want, they think that their voice is not going to be heard. But what do I say? I said, what do you say? Just be yourself. Like just, just pretend you're just talking to me. And I mean, and if somebody else is watching, Oh, well, that's not, you know, that's no concern because if they're watching, okay, they're watching. They want to send comments. They send comments. I mean, it's just that I said, just think that you're you're sitting down with me and a cup of coffee. We're just sitting and shooting the shooting the shit back and forth, and just be yourself and throw it out there and just wing it. That's how I do it. That's how I do the shows. I don't script it. I don't say, okay, this is what you're gonna say, Brent. Um, That's, what like, hey, That's what we did yesterday.
1: That's what we did yesterday. You, you yeah. had no idea. You had no. I idea had no idea.
0: <laughs> but the thing is, I tried the scripting thing, and I tell you, I you know I will literally I will literally screw it up. I did that one day, um, staying in front of the lecture, and I. I was saying some stuff, but I had a little cue card kind of reminding me of, Well, that's a,
4: a, That's why you have the talking points of the broader points that you want to go and cover yep. and just have the yep. sub points, main yep. sub points that you want to cover, Yep. you know? and. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I do. And other
0: times I just wing it because and then if I forget something. Oh, well, I guess it will come to me next time.
4: <laughs> well, exactly. We're recording the shows. We can talk about it next time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Totally.
4: Uh, and, uh, you know, so echoing
0: everybody's, um, you know, common theme, uh, our voices need to be heard. We need to have a, uh, we need to have a livable income. These, uh, these programs are archaic. Rather uh, the government actually, it wants to actually listen and fix things. Uh, like we, we were, what is COVID has exposed all the inequalities um, across the nation. It's opened up all the problems. Now the problems of economically, yes, these programs were designed intentionally not not to actually meet the person's needs. So we're now telling them, yeah, like this is not it. Uh, it's not working. It's broken. So uh, we, we've got these uh, universal um, um, U-A-B-I. I mean, this is uh, M J. What you know, what what you've mentioned. Uh, these are great, awesome, awesome, like logical. Con- these these concepts. Oh. That can they
4: be implemented in. See, you know, I mean, what you know, what I understand is, you know, I mean, the yes, we will. You know, a lot of people will become unemployed in the process that work in government, and this is yep. a matter of fact. Yep, it, it's not something we're going to be able to avoid. Mm-hmm. See, the truth is, is we have a population collapse on the verge. And this is a truth of a fact because we have the baby boomer generation who had more kids than our generation's Gen X, right? Yep. And they're having, you know, and we're having less kids. So there's I did my jobs, heart. You know, <laughs> there's there's you know, there so when it comes to all of these jobs, we know that there's a lot a lot of certain jobs that are just going to need to go away and mm-hmm. need to be automated. And that people will end up in jobs that actually matter instead of generally useless jobs. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, when it comes to our taxes and our money, a lot of people are now starting to say, we want a lean government. But at the same time, we want to be able to go and say, hey, if I need money uh, and I'm unemployed or unemployable or disabled, right? Mm -hmm. Then I need to be able to go and have access to something, but I don't need to be dictated to at every turn. Or prove yourself. If I want like if I want to go and pick up and sell with my mom and move over to Manitoba, let's say, or move to, uh, somewhere else, Mm -hmm. I would be able to do that. But right now I lose, I'd get cut off of disability. Then I'd go and get, have to wait six months and end up being in debt, you know, even worse. Uh, yeah. you know, while I'm trying to keep myself going. So the problem we have here is what a lot of people don't understand is with the current setup, this is designed to keep the failure of society going. And I, I'm sorry, but I'm one of these people that I want to see society succeed, whether you're disabled, whether you're not disabled, where you all decided, hey, you know what? I'm tired of working in the fishing field. I want to move to Alberta and work in the oil yeah. field you know there's ubi there to help you with moving and transitioning there's money there that you can save up you can say okay well, it's going to take me 3 months to go and save up to find a place to rent find candy <clears throat> you know big you know the problem we have is with all these terms and conditions that have been created that they've made it so that i'm just going to put it this way they've made it so that people that are disabled and on disability or homeless it's easier to go and take MAID than it is to go and actually help these people because that's what they're doing yeah,
0: I'm, I'm glad and, that you said that because I was yeah. just I
4: was you must be reading my mind. And I, I just I, it I, just was yeah. like it just came to me and it's like you know mean yeah. this is what they're pushing and I yeah. think every human life has value whether you're disabled or not yes, yes so creating, eugenics yes eugenics and mm-hmm. I'm against all forms of eugenics in any way yeah. shape or form yeah uh you know I'm i'm uh, you know i'm you know i'm against abortion but everyone should have the right to have the best birth control available to them mm. you know or practice abstinence you know <laughs> you know i mean if you're you know or just do it safe as possible i mean but all of these options should be available and we shouldn't be playing games right you know and this is where it's like oh well this like like the birth control pill is covered under disability But if a girl wants to go get the implant, I don't know if it's covered or not. And the implant is 99.98% effective, a lot better than the 70% failure rate in in the pill. But women will say, well, if you take it properly, it's going to be effective. That may be true, but there's always times that things will fail, right? And we can't guarantee everything perfectly. But the abortion option should be there, yes. But we should make it so that it's not needed so we can help people out in their lives instead of mm-hmm. making things an obstacle to go and say, oh, this is not available to you or we're not going to cover your birth control. or We're not going to cover this. Right. Healthcare is the biggest part of the catch to making people being able to be successful in life. And for women, there's women that want to work. There's women that want to stay home, be in a family and make a family. Yeah. We should yeah. give everyone the equal right and equal choice and stop impeding their mm-hmm. lives in any way, shape or form. And this is where, to me, government should always say we should give the best options possible to everyone in the system. So in the end, we save money instead of making it so that we have to spend. Like, for example, Neil, if we went and said we're going to give you the cheapest wheelchair possible that's electric, and it's going to be guaranteed to break down in about six months to a year, instead of saying we're going to spend five grand or six grand on the highest quality equipment to get you, Mm -hmm. right? out of the gate that Mm. way we save our tax dollars in the long run at the Mm. end instead of giving the cheapest and lowest quality products possible our tax Mm. dollars would be saved and we would see better healthcare all the way around we'd see better uh, housing issues being able to be solved if we got the government out of the way i mean i don't know how hard it is to understand that you know our government But our government has paralyzed themselves with union contracts and they can get those out of the way as well by just paying out the contract as well and just say, mm-hmm. we'll pay you out today. Have a nice day. Your three-year contract is now paid out in full, but your job is ending today. Have a nice day. Your three years of salary at, at $60,000 or $80,000 is being paid out today. You're done, right? And I'm sorry if people say, well, that's just cruel or it's mean or whatever. No, I mean, we cannot keep, a system that's designed to keep us in a perpetual state of poverty, in a perpetual state of being fighting against ourselves and fighting mm. and making people's lives miserable. Do you think these workers' lives are even less miserable that because they have to sit here and terrorize us? Do you think mm. these people enjoy this? They don't. So yeah. we should be able to go and say, I'm sorry, but your job's no longer needed. We don't need you anymore. And Go and get yourself re-educated. We're going to put together a UBI, which you can access to go back to school to become educated to something else at the same time.
1: We have two minutes. You have to run, Brent. Yeah. We have two minutes. Um, okay. Okay.
4: Who wants so, to jump so, in do, for
1: two minutes?
0: I'm sorry, uh, I took so long. It, that's that's a, a, okay. well, well, we'll we'll extend it by an extra three three minutes uh, on top. Um, no no worries. It's all good, MGI. I find that very informative. Because Alan. Or, oh, we forgot so Alan, sorry. We forgot yeah, Alan. <laughs> had to mention um, that. yeah I'll
3: try and keep it short. Uh, I'm just curious to see if I had a chance to ask Pierre one thing um, I would be like now that the Canadian disability benefit is in, is being in politicalssent what's your intention with it because are you is your government gonna throw people uh, with disabilities across Canada under the bus just like the liberals have? And for the most part, all parties, because from our perspective, we're not seeing any knights in shining armor. We're seeing a bunch of dumbasses asses in tinfoil, <laughs> you know, running around like chickens in the yard. And we're not seeing any impact. Um, you guys haven't done right by Aboriginal First Nations. You haven't done right by people who are LGBTQ+. plus. You haven't done it right by people with disabilities. Um, if you implemented the disability benefit, gave it an amount like you did CERB within the first four weeks of that was out. Um, because I guarantee if the claim disability came out today, and let's say it was a bare minimum. I'm talking brass tacks. The minimum they could give was 500 bucks. The fact that they gave everybody who had a disability um, that got a T5 form or whatever it was, 500 bucks a month. If I said, that's all we're going to do. I would enjoy it. You would see a savings in the healthcare industry. People wouldn't need to be going to hospitals, emergency rooms as much. Um, a whole bunch of stuff. With Anxiety like they, and
4: stress would go down. Would,
3: oh, yeah. Yep. like They would see results within the first year that were quite Astonishing mm-hmm. um, poverty costs sure money, about. right? It yeah, is. I mean, Jack said on. to me, The reason the status quo hasn't changed is it's too much profit and poverty. Mm. Yeah,
2: and he makes, said that sure. to me.
3: He said that to me in uh, on the Cabbage Town Festival on a wet, rainy day when he brought me a coffee because he saw me walking around with my camera with the that was getting rained on. And he went to Starbucks. Didn't ask me. He just brought mine. He said, "I made it a, a, medium half and half. I hope that's okay. It was good. I mean, but he said there's just too much profit and poverty. But if they, if the, I want, I would like to hear what Pierre's approach is now because I mean they can't cancel the, they can't they necessarily won't implement the disability benefit, but they can't actually axe it because it's a real sense. I would like to know, from the mouth of babes, as they say, what his, what he would do for people with disabilities, and what he wouldn't do.
0: Good question. And that's
3: how I'm. That's how I'm going out. I think a lot you. of these Why government officials are are tinfoil uh, uh. wannabes running around with swords. <laughs>
2: thank
0: you on that, Alan. Uh, last comment over to you, Dan, and then uh, Neil, and then myself.
2: No, I already had a last comment, so I'll just And, say and me, me too. So I'm, I'm, I'm good. But, uh, okay. Just Make sure you go get him tonight, buddy. That's all I can yeah. say. Ask him those yeah. questions
3: and go get him. That's right.
4: Sounds good. And um, yeah, well, yeah, well,
3: and press them hard. Be,
4: just be kind, and you know, oh, yeah. you know, and always, you know the out kind, the, the, you know, out kind them with kindness. That's what my grandma always said. That's right.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, because, I mean, he's he's taken, uh, taken his time to to listen to uh, people in the audience. Well, at least we hope so anyway. But I will I will definitely uh, make sure that uh, voices get heard, get carried forward. Uh, and they stress the point that people with disabilities. They have no way angry. They
3: uh, have no way angry. We're angry, we're yeah. scared.
0: Well, yeah, and, and people, yeah, they're, and they're scared because the, our lives are, are at risk, and people are suffering. And nobody should be suffering in Canada. I mean,
3: and we're being may's being pushed on us by a current government.
0: Oh, you're approved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like really, like just like oh, a bank you, loan. You've been yeah. approved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible. But I, uh, I want <laughs> I, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today and um this has been a great episode it's been a little bit condensed episode today uh looking forward to next week's roundtable roundtable number nine if you want to be a guest on the show uh reach out to myself i put the link out there on, on twitter i still call it twitter people call it x i call it twitter it's on there um follow me uh follow uh neil's youtube channel subscribe stay up to date on the latest shows uh breaking with brent the traveling segment uh you name it it's it's, it's all there follow the tabs and uh, stay up to date on the, all the latest episodes and come on to the show um don't, don't be scared um i won't bite <laughs> um you know i just want you to be yourself i used
1: to be scared but i'm i'm, oh. no, I'm no longer scared now
0: oh never <laughs> never, be never be scared because it's all about lived experience right it's all about people telling their there's, it's, you know, it's not their stories, though. I mean, their stories, yes, absolutely. But it's also, what are your ideas? Like, what are your ideas on, what do you think on uh, how um, government policies is affecting your life? Uh, what do you want to see changed? What, what, what can we do, um, you know, as a roundtable, uh, that other discussions that we can have, uh, bring your ideas forward. If you want to join the roundtable, we've got a couple more chairs that we can... We can put in there, um, and uh, definitely, uh, I think there's opportunity for people to join in. Um, so definitely, join the disability community across Canada on on the show. And, uh, that's that's uh, really unite and uh, bring our voices forward and uh, hold the government officials accountable because they are elected officials. They're supposed to be representing the communities that they represent. Um, definitely, we need to do that. And like I said before um before i end the segment if you feel more comfortable about going to talk to your mayor or your city council and you don't want to talk to your mla that's fine right if you feel more comfortable in that level start there work your way up to your mla your mpp your mp whoever you feel is better going to represent your voice carry it forward um that's what it's all about everyone uh, it's about saying um your your freedom of right of your speech right of when I say about your disability rights, and freedom of, of expressing yourself. We don't judge people on the show, so definitely come on and uh, I'll make you feel welcome. Uh, there's it's not scripted, uh, just wing it. I wing it, you wing it. Um, we joke um, around. Not all about serious things. I can joke around too. But, you know, hey, just, you know, Prince built this. crap! You know, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I forgot to make one quick announcement. Sure. Yesterday right. was uh, Neil Young's birthday. Oh, so everybody right. put some music out because not go. only Neil's son Ben uh, was uh, disabled, but Neil actually suffered polio when he was in his uh, teens. Right, um, which is why the way he moves around on stage. Um, okay, I forgot. I um, like that
1: video with the trains. That was cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yes. That, they used to run the bridge school in. Um, california the Bridge school music thing and they would have it was strictly all about uh people with uh, disabilities and uh peggy who's passed away now Uh um was the uh one that started it but neil would have tons of musicians on it uh you can find videos on the bridge school concerts and but um Neil and his son um both may have a disability so someone posted a happy birthday video of Neil young out on, on social media somewhere I'd be maybe, curious maybe we should get him on the show
0: I think that would be <laughs> that would be <laughs> wonderful actually to reach out to get Neil young on uh, definitely um Ellen now uh, thank you for sharing that uh, what um like uh, what, if you don't mind me asking like what disability does uh, Neil young's uh, son have?
3: Cerebral palsy non non non-verbal. So okay. he's at the far end of the spectrum than I am. Okay. Um, where he uh he Neil Young recorded an album uh during the Geffen era called Transformer, and it was a music album in his way to communicate with his son. So the yeah, I, song Transformer Man was uh which he did at the Unplugged show after many years of not doing it when he was back with Reprise uh he did uh, transformer ran on the unplugged album but it was it was from a digital electronic techno album he did in the 80s so, I,
0: I thought i had heard um uh that his son uh, has a cerebral palsy and uh, that's why I just wanted to clarify uh too uh, yeah yeah it was
3: cerebral palsy um and uh, it's out there so if you see it I, I think I posted it on Twitter. So anybody wants to repost that, um, that'd be cool. Um, I actually met Scott Young's Scott Young, who was his father, who was oh. a uh, sports. Uh, he was a sports journalist for uh, for uh, um, the Toronto Argonauts and a whole bunch of uh, people. And uh, a friend of my dad's, and my aunt. My aunt was dating a guy called Dave McCurdy, who apparently was a uh, quarterback for the the Toronto Argonauts back in the day. And uh, he took me to Neil's dad's house in Toronto. It was neat. Wow. I met Neil Neil once. I wish I knew you guys back then because I walked into the... uh, Oh, the, the Horseshoe Tavern downtown on Queen West and I was living in Toronto at the time and Neil had just got over his uh, he had a brain him, mm. uh, in 2005 and he had just been operating so it was his first time they were back in Canada um, and they went to the Horseshoe Tavern to see the same band I was which had got snowed out in Edmonton mm. Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, well, think uh, thanks, Ellen, on that. Um, but we, we should uh, really wrap her up for yeah. today. Uh, but uh, we'll definitely uh, we'll, we'll catch up on uh, the second part of that uh, on the next segment. Well, we'll talk more, we'll dive into about Neil Young, and maybe in the meantime, we can we'll try try to reach out and see if we can get Neil Young on. Sure.
3: Well, there are guys like Ruben. <laughs> who know Neil Young well. That's the best way to reach out to him, really, is uh, okay. reach out to someone um, in the city of uh, Omimi because that's his hometown, Omimi, okay. Ontario. So we if, go. if you can find someone uh, in in Omimi, uh, you might you might stumble against someone that personally knows Neil. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's good to know.
0: Thanks on that. And what? thanks, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in today. Uh, Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Neil Matheson, and check out uh, the latest podcast on your favorite app, Spotify. You name it, it's out there. The show is there, and just listen up. If you're running, walking, uh, you're just, I don't know, you just want to just sit and just chill out and listen to the podcast, tune in. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thank you.